You are about to listen to the word by Pastor Olabisi. Be blessed as you listen. Hallelujah to the King of Kings, Hosanna to the Lord of Lords. Our God is good, and his goodness and mercies endureth forever. Praise the Lord, somebody out there, and to God be all the glory. I thank the Lord for joining me for this topic. And the topic for today is God's justice uh, system. God's justice system, that's the topic for today. Uh, Now, in terms of God's justice system, uh, we have to start by highlighting uh, the fact that God's justice system comprises of four key divine elements, namely, uh, his law, his judgment for breach of his law, and of course, uh, his uh, grace um, and mercy. Now, the breach or transgression against God's law is what sin is uh, really all about. First uh, John chapter three verse four says. Whosoever committed sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. Now, the penalty for sin is basically death. Romans 6.23 makes it clear that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The judgment of God for sins, uh, which is a death, um, the Bible in his, its whole contextual uh, format made it clear to us that this judgment uh, became automatically activated and enforced upon the soul of mankind following the disobedient transgression of the first man, Adam against the holy and righteousness law of God. Um, We see in Romans chapter 3 verse 23, uh, it is written, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, this judgment for sin, which is death, uh, of course became enforced upon all man through the disobedience of the first earthly Adam. And this judgment can only be set aside under God's justice system through the obedience of a heavenly Adam, which is Christ. First uh, Corinthians chapter 15 from verses 45 to 49 says, and So it is written, The first man Adam was made a living soul, the last Adam was made a quickening spirit. How about that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural and afterward that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earthly. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As is the earthly, such are they also that are earthly. And as is the heavenly, such 
are they also that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthly, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Interestingly enough, the scripture highlights the fact that the heavenly Adam is not just an Adam, but the Lord from heaven. And this Lord from heaven, of course, came uh, to fulfill uh, the, the law that is necessary for us to fulfill in order for us to have the eternal heavenly blessings of God. Now, the first man, Adam, which, uh, of course, God made a living soul, um, as we see in Genesis chapter 2, died in uh, Genesis chapter 3 due to his transgression against God. Now, for those who have read the account uh, of Genesis uh, in chapter 3, where man fell, uh, for the lies of the devil, um, you know, you might be thinking that, but it was the woman that sinned. Uh, that is true. But the fact of the matter is that God only created one man. And it was from that one man that he brought out the female. Uh, so the female is from the male and the female and the male, they are actually one. They are one flesh. So the sin of the female, therefore, is automatically um, equivalent to sin by the male because um, they are, uh, as I have said, one flesh. And if we look at Genesis chapter 5, God actually called both the male and the female Adam. And it was actually Adam the male that named the female Eve. And by the way, if you just add a little bit of I, you would see evil. Because as we saw in Genesis uh, chapter 3, Adam actually blamed the female uh, for his fall. And that in itself is equivalent to blaming God. Um, and that really, uh, it did not do him any good because blaming God uh, for your sin is not going to avail you from the consequences of sin uh, or the judgment of sins, which is death. Uh, what needs to be done is repent and uh, ask God for mercy because the judgment of sin um, is an automatic consequence which immediately comes upon uh, a transgressor and that judgment is of course death and the only way to reverse that judgment is to do what God has uh, um, dictated and ordained to be the only way of making that to happen there is no other way because the law of God sets out the rules and under those rules it also sets out the provisions which must be fulfilled in order for there to be a reverser of his judgment. Now, in terms of the actual judgment when you really take a closer look at Genesis 3 and it says that you know um, Adam 
obviously um, was sentenced to death by God, yet he lived 900 odd years. Uh, after that, you might be thinking, how is that possible that he can continue to live after he had already died? The explanation for that is simple. Um, the death that Adam became subject to immediately after uh, he sinned against God was a spiritual death. You know, whether or not you are alive in the real sense depends on whether your soul is alive or dead. So once the soul dies, the physical man is simply a dead man walking. And indeed, um, Adam became subject to die spiritually. Um, Adam died spiritually and also became subject to die physically. Um, a thousand years in God's calendar is a day, and none lived uh, for a thousand years after the fall of the first man, Adam, into sin. So in that respect, Adam did die on the day he sinned against God, both physically and spiritually. And of course, because of the death of the first Adam, um, you know, Adam and his earthly human descendants became a dead soul. Uh, and the obedience of Christ as the heavenly Adam is a divine necessary act that must take place in order for us to be availed from the consequences of the first Adam's sin, which is death. The obedience of Christ uh, as the last Adam amounts to a direct act of grace by God for the sake of enabling us to have his mercy under his divine justice system. Uh, the book of Romans chapter 5 verse 18 says, Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men into unto justification of life. Now, God's justice system, um, as revealed from what I have uh, so far highlighted, um, reveals to us that sin cost man the death of his soul. The prize for setting aside God's judgment for sin is of course over and above man's articulations and means. The cause for setting aside God's judgment for sin is the death of a sinless unblemished lamb. And the only one of course who can uh, produce uh, and give the perfect unblemished lamb needed in order for us to have a chance of having God's mercy is God himself. And not man. And, and God's unblemished lamb that he made manifest to us as final offering for sin is Christ. Uh, John uh, chapter 1 verse 29 it says, The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and said, Behold, the lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. Now, why, some people might ask, if Jesus came to take away the sins of the world, why is the world the way that it is? Um, now, the answer to that question is that sin opened the door for Satan uh, and his rebellious fallen angels gang to enter the world of man and terribly polluted with their wickedness. God, of course, is a holy God 
And due to sin, the nature of man changed from the likeness of image of God, which is holiness, to the nature of sin, which is the flesh. Now, God created man for relationship, but with man in sin, and with the world of man polluted with sin, it became impossible for man to have a peaceful relationship with God. Uh, God is, of course, a spirit. So the relationship we're meant to have with God is a spiritual relationship. Now, sin, which is a crime against God's righteousness order, also activated God's wrath upon man. And in order for God's wrath to cease and for man to see God again as a loving God, the law of remission, as it is ordained by God, had to be fulfilled by Christ, the unblemished, sinless lamb. The sin of Adam, which spilled over to the entire um, human race, made the world of man to be a sinful world. And God, of course, cannot manifest himself as um, a loving God and reveal himself to us as a God that is of love and not just of wrath in a world where sin is like a system. You know, sin basically became a system, a ruling system that ruled man. And this system, of course, of sin um, is a system that was founded in Satan and um, enforced automatically upon man because of the repercussion of what happened to man in the fall of man into sin, which is that man became separated from God's covenant of righteousness and um, ended up in an unholy covenant with uh, Satan. So this um, act of remission of sins, which Jesus came to perform, is a, an act of remission of sin uh, for the cleansing of the atmospheric realm of the world and in so doing, paved the way for man to have the, the opportunity to come before God and ask for the mercy of God. Because if the, the system that man ended up in is a, a system which is constituted in sin, then that system in itself means that man is in a system that is completely the opposite of God's own system, which is the system of love. So Jesus came to annul that illegal system of sin and to um institute God's system of righteousness and holiness um, in the heart, uh, in the spirit, in the soul of man. And, and that is why when Jesus came, he, he came really to take away the sins of the world, meaning that he came to annul the, the, the system of sin which obviously prevents man from coming before God and asking for his mercy, and in so doing, pave the way for man to have access to God's uh, presence, be in a position to ask God for his mercy and forgiveness. Now, Christ fulfilled the law of remission, which of course is a, uh, a, a central law which must be fulfilled, in order for us to have access to God's mercy. 
um, he fulfilled that law both by willingly accepting to drink the, the God's cup of wrath for our sins and by dying on the cross as propitiation for our sins in obedience to the righteousness and holy will of God. Now, the prize for the remission of our sins, therefore, is basically the death of Christ as the last Adam in obedience to God. Uh, and Christ, through his gruesome death on the cross of Calvary, paid in full uh, the cost of remission of our sins. The, the guiltless Christ took the blame for the sinful and guilty mankind in obedience to the perfect will of God, so that through his divine act of obedience, the guilty mankind can receive mercy and forgiveness of sins from God. Romans 3, 23 to 28 summarizes everything that I have just said um, like this, and it says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set for to be a propitiation through faith in his blood, to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past, through the forbearance of God, to declare, I say, at this time his righteousness, that he might be just, and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Where is boasting then? It is excluded by what law of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. And, and what uh, Romans 3, um, the, the Bible text which I've just read here is saying is that the justification which is proof that we have been forgiven out of our sins is not by our works. And, and it is not by our independent ability to fulfill the law, but simply by us having faith in the one who fulfilled the law of remission, which is Christ Jesus. Now, Jesus' singular act of divine sacrificial love on the cross is evidence of the divine love and grace that God has for mankind under his righteous justice system. Uh, John 3, 16, 17 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son on into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. We see here that by God giving us um, his perfect lamb which happens to be his perfect example of adam the adam that he desires for man to be a, a righteous obedient holy adam god of course annulled the 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 sin which held man bound and prevented man from coming to him to ask for mercy and that sin, of course, is the sin of the first Adam. And by him annulling that, the effect of that sin, man became uh, in a position to approach God as individuals, 
and be able to ask God for forgiveness of sins. And because that the power of that sin which held man bound has been broken by what Jesus did on the cross, you know, if I go to God and say, God, forgive me my sins, the, the covenant that the first Adam entered, which held man bound um, by default to a, 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 a system of sin headed by Satan, could not prevent me from having the justification and forgiveness of God because that sin and the consequence and the effect of it has been broken by what Jesus did. And, and of course, everything God revealed to us um, through Christ as his justice system, which has at the heart of it, his grace and mercy, is, is, is something that he has already instituted and constituted even from before the foundation of the world. Uh, and the reason why he pre-established, pre-ordained and pre-defined his standard of justice and ensure that grace and mercy is at the heart of it is simply to reveal to mankind his righteous nature as love and to also make it clear to us that as the final um, decider, the final arbiter of uh, all matters of justice, that he is just equitable and he is a merciful God. Now, grace, which is a core attribute of God, divine justice system is different from his mercy, which is also at the very heart of his divine justice system.